Hey friends, you're listening to the Student Ministry Sermon Podcast from First Christian Church. Our hope is that these words bless you, lead you closer to Jesus, and help you follow Him more faithfully. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. All right, good evening everybody. We'll see if we can't get this mic thing worked out. Tim, if I struggle too much, just come up and help, please. All right. Well, happy Wednesday. Glad to be here with you guys tonight. Um, For those that don't know me, uh, we can go to the first slide. Uh, My name's Mitch. I lead the 11th grade uh, boys with Chuck. Yeah. Tonight, we're going to talk about context and how context can give us clarity. Um, But before we dive into that, some of you may not know who I am, and we can go to that first slide. Um, Again, my name's Mitch. Uh, live here in Santa Maria since 2018. Uh, some background, I grew up an army brat. So by the time I was 10, I lived in seven different homes. Uh, my parents met in the army. I was born in Germany, moved all over. Moved to the Central Coast uh, in 2009 when I was coaching basketball. Uh, now I'm in software sales. And I have a beautiful family, my wife, Michelle, uh, my daughter, Tegan, who's two, and my son, Parker, who just turned eight months uh, yesterday. Thank you. Fun fact. Um, things got real competitive one Easter uh, at Pastor Josh's house. I really wanted to win, so I tripped him. Um, we're still friends today, so thanks, Josh, for still being my friend after tripping him during the Easter egg hunt. I love you. Um, and we can move on. So we're going to talk about what context creating clarity, but we need to define what is context. Anyone have any idea? Want to throw anything out? Yeah, go ahead. Prior knowledge, yeah, that's a good one. Anything else? Yeah, Dom. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we'll go to the definition here. Uh, just to read it for you, it's, it's the circumstances that from the setting for an event, statement, or idea, and in terms of which it can be fully understood and assessed. So to sum that up, it's gaining knowledge of maybe the person, place, or thing that's being discussed. So having an idea of what's going on. I'm sure some of you have maybe jumped into a conversation and maybe taken something wrong or someone's taking something that you said wrong because they just kind of came into the middle of it. They didn't really have the context for what you were talking about before. Um, and a lot of times that can really get caught up, especially now with social media. Uh, you sh- shoot off one tweet. Well, who, what was the context of that tweet? So that's what we're going to talk about tonight is how can we get clarity through context? And what are some ways that we can uh, use this context to help us better understand the Bible. Uh, but before we get into that, let's, let's have a few examples of context. We'll go to our uh, first clip here. Hi. Yes, it's true. I am natural. The luchador. Who? Maybe you have seen me on TV. Nacho! We can cut it there. Thank you. So- so, uh, by a show of hands, who's seen that movie before? Okay, quite a few people. Well, there, there's some people who haven't, like me. I've never seen that movie, so watching that clip, 
I have, I know, uh, but I have zero context. Okay, Nacho, I don't know why he's there. Well, those people don't know why he's there. What's, was he on a journey? What's the goal of what he's doing? Where is he at? Like those questions give me no context. So I have no idea what's happening in that movie. All right, so that's what's taking something out of context. So not only can we have that type of context, we can also have uh, a visual context. You can see on this slide here, there's two orange dots, and they're surrounded by different sized blue circles. Show of hands, who thinks the orange dots are the same size? Okay, who thinks the one on the right's bigger? Yeah, a few people. Yeah, if you, if you said that it's the same size, you're right. But you see... The context in which they're created, the one on the right with the smaller blue dots around it, gives the perception that it's larger, as opposed to the one on the left, there's larger objects around it. And you see, sometimes those orange dots are, they're just like you. You're the same person in each situation that you go to. But sometimes the perception people have of you, that context that they have of you, can be dependent on what's surrounding you, right? Right? And we know in the Bible there's, there's plenty of stories and things that uh, Jesus mentions that maybe can be taken out of context, and that's what we're going to in, dive into tonight. Uh, next slide, please. So how do, we're talking a lot about context and how that can help us create clarity, but how do we get there, right? We know when we read certain books, we already have context built in. What's on the front of most, most books? Yeah, you can shout it out. Yeah, a picture that will give you some sort of idea of maybe what's happening. The author, the title, and then you flip it over and there's a summary to try to get you to read the book, right? They want you to buy that book. So you see with each book already, you have context going into that story. You, you know maybe who it's about, where it's taking place. In the Bible, sometimes we don't have that unless you have shameless plug for the study Bible again. You have that at the beginning of some books, but you might not have that. So it's really important to create context before you're reading the Bible, before you open it up, or as you open it up, having context around those specific things. Next slide, please. So how do we get there? How do we create context which will give us clarity to what we're reading? The best way to do this is through asking questions. Now, in my experience, there's two types of questions. There's closed questions, which elicit a one, one's a closed question, which elicits a yes or no response. Okay, the other are called open questions. So if you put how, why, what, when, those will all, all elicit an open response, meaning someone's got to give you more than just a yes or no. And these are great questions to be asking yourself when you dive, in, dive into the word. So what they will do is they will help you gain clarity for what's going on. They will help you get information for what you're about to read. So maybe you don't have a study Bible. Well, maybe that's where maybe using Google to help you with uh, the context of what's going on. We're going to look at some verses here tonight that will kind of show us what happens when we don't know what's happening and how misunderstood a verse might be. So we want to ask questions. Ask yourself questions. Where did this take place? Why did they write this down? Where is it taking place? Why are they writing this letter? These are all questions 
that we can be asking ourselves when we open up the Bible. Okay, go ahead to the next slide, please. So this first verse, 2 Timothy 4, 11 through 13, only Luke is with me. Get Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, be sure to bring the coat left with Carpus at Troas. Also bring my books and especially my papers. Pretty clear, right? We all know what's happening, right? It can be a little confusing. So when I look at this, I say, well, who's me? Anyone have any idea who me is? You can shout it out if you do. It's Paul. Yeah, it's Paul. Yeah. And get Mark. Why does he want Mark? Well, when you look in your, your notes of your study Bible or you Google it, you'll know, you'll find out that Mark actually traveled around with Paul and was uh, really a great friend to him. So that's why he wanted to, to have Mark come. And he, set, he sent Tychicus to Ephesus because he wanted, Paul wanted Timothy to come and be with him and Tychicus could replace what Timothy was doing in Ephesus. So now we're starting to gain a little bit of clarity uh, of where we are with this story. And then he wants to have him bring all this stuff. Like, why does he want, us to, why does he want to bring that stuff? Well, the coat in, in the research that I did where, where Paul was is going to be a little cold, so he thought maybe the jacket would help. And, and these books that he's talking about, well, why bring those books? Well, when looking at it, um, again, study Bible, I'm looking at some of the footnotes, it talks about some of these books and papers actually can be parts of the Old Testament, parts of the Bible. So imagine if Timothy was like, eh, you know what, I'm not going to bring them. We might not have parts of the Bible here. Uh, so it can be really important. So this is a huge context to what's happening uh, in this story, which now is providing some clarity of why Paul's saying this. Last question you may be asking yourself, well, Paul, why don't you just go get this stuff if it's so important? Anyone have any idea where, where Paul was in this story? Yeah, he was. That's where he was. Nice. Yeah, he was in jail. Locked up. All right, one, one more example here that we're going to go through. Jeremiah 29, 11. This is a really popular verse, and it elicits a lot of hope. And not that we can't still take hope from this verse, but we're going to look at this verse in a little bit more context. Before we do, we'll, we'll read it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Anyone know who I is in this story? It kind of tells us in there. Uh, yeah, God, I is God, the Lord, right? Who's you? Anyone have any idea? who you is in this particular story. That's what it would appear. But you in this particular example is actually a plural uh, for the, the Jewish people who have been exiled out of Jerusalem and sent to Babylon. Okay, so he, this is actually not speaking to the modern day reader. This is speaking to folks who have been taken out of their home country and exiled into Babylon. So you see how we're, we're gaining a little bit more context of what's happening in this story. And maybe for you, this is, this is a verse that, you, that you've read and you're kind of having, shedding a little bit different light on it right now. The plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and future. 
So as we talk about, they're, they're exiled right now. And God's talking about how he's going to prosper them. Anyone want to take a guess of how long they're going to be in exile? How long they're... Yeah, go ahead. Four? Forty? Close. Yeah. Julie's got it. Yeah, 70 years. So God's telling these people, they're going to be exiled for 70 years, but he's telling them, I've got plans for you. Hope and to prosper you. So during a a real tough time in their lives, uh, that's very uplifting for someone to hear. Uh, But again... These are questions we can ask ourselves as we're diving into the word. The context now is creating clarity for for what we're reading. And not only just for this verse, right? You're going to continue to read the verse after this. So it's it's giving you an idea of where we are in this particular story. So again, we want to ask questions. Open-ended questions. How? How did they get here? Why did somebody write this story? Where is this taking place? Where is this located? Again, in our study Bibles, or if you Google it, a lot of times it'll tell you where, where the story's taking place and what the modern setting would be. Why, why did they write this story? What was the purpose in, in 2 Timothy, well, Paul was in jail and he was writing a letter to Timothy and kind of giving him direction. I guess that would kind of be like a modern-day mafia boss maybe uh, telling, you know, telling his soldiers what to do. But he's, he's given direction on what he needs to happen so we can continue the journey, continue the word of God. What's happening in this story? Another good question. Who are the people at play? Who are the, who are the characters? Who are the characters of the people that are involved in this story? And that may prompt you to look into their backgrounds. Just like I did at the beginning uh, of our talk here tonight, I introduced myself just to give you a little bit of background on who I am. Maybe that created a picture in your head of um, who I am, and maybe you feel like you know me a little bit better, but it gives you some context, perhaps, to some of the words that I'm saying now. And the same is true with the Bible. Look up who Paul is. And what his journey look like? Because it may be way different at the beginning than when you read it in a particular verse. Okay. All right, so let's, let's tie this all, all together now. We want to understand the who, what, when, and why. It gives us the clarity for what we're reading. And not only by asking questions are we getting information, but we're also building relationships. Right? When you first meet somebody, a couple of things that you first do is ask some questions. Oh, what's your name? Where are you from? Where do you go to school? You're gaining information. You're gaining context so you could, have, so you could have, be a little bit more clear on your communication with them. So you understand maybe where they've come from. Maybe you have some similar uh, background, similar history, whether it's you like the same sports, the same video games, whatever it may be. It helps build relationships. Right now, you may be thinking, well, all right, Mitch, this, is, this has been good, but I'm not a big question person. I'm not really sure what you're saying. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know if I care about that. And that's fair. Don't, don't, don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. Listen, listen to this. This is why we're here. It's all about Jesus. Listen to this. 
And one of the facts from that book in the Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus asked 307 questions in, that, in those four books. 307 questions. Jesus, the person who knows everything. You think he was asking questions just because? Just like, nah, I'm just going to ask some questions here. No, he has 307 questions. His sole purpose, he knows the answers, guys. He doesn't, need, oh, like, oh, well, let me see if I remember that. He knows the answer. So he asked 307 questions so he'd create relationships, to get people to talk, to get information out of people, to get them to think deeper than what they were thinking. Next time, you, you know, when Jesus talks in the New Testament, it's in red in a lot of Bibles. Many times he'll, he'll answer a question with a question. And all he's doing there is getting the people that he's talking to to think a little bit deeper, to think about something different. So if Jesus can ask the questions, I think we can too. And that will give us context to what we're reading and clarity as we pick up the Bible. Because it can be confusing. I know there's plenty of times, pretty much every time I pick it up, I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm reading here. Let me take a look and have an understanding of, of where this is going. Ask questions. As the band comes up, um, get ready to, to play here. I want to challenge you to next time you open up your Bible, ask yourself those questions. How, what, when, why, where? And, uh, I'll end us in prayer here. Uh, dear Lord, uh, we just thank you uh, for this evening. Uh, just ask that you Use the words tonight uh, to be all about you, um, that we may be curious uh, about what you're doing, Lord, uh, in our lives, that we may ask questions to deepen our understanding, to provide us clarity uh, while we're in your word. Uh, we thank you for all your grace and all that you've provided us. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.